Holly G with the Golf Insiders here with one of the busiest guys at the TPC Sawgrass, Gary Smiths with the Florida Times Union, who has covered this tournament how many years? My this would be my 25th as the full-time Times Union golf writer and 35th with three publications. Whew, that's impressive. You don't look a day over <laughs> 35. Yeah, exactly. You're still wearing those amazing, well, good-looking Hawaiian shirts. Um, so first question, um, what is it about, you know, this golf course, uh, you know, considered Pete Dye's masterpiece, I guess, in terms of, you know, diabolical Pete mm -hmm. Dye. Good way to put it. It's short by modern PGA Tour standards. They've got to stretch out to 7,200 yards. Uh, Augusta National, 74. There have been major championships where they've gone to 76. Mortar on 77, just trying to rein in the longer hitters. Uh, but they've, they've kind of arrived at a, a happy medium here where they feel like uh, every player has a chance, whether you're, uh, you know, Fred Funk in the past, or I guess a, uh, a modern-day version of Fred Funk will be Webb Simpson, who won here a couple of years ago when he finished last in driving distance in the field. Uh, two guys that do bomb it, who can win here, like Roy McIlroy last year. Uh, Phil's won here, Tiger's won here. Greg Norman, who hit it longer than anybody back in the day. Uh, but, but then again, you got Webb Simpson, Fred Funk, Tom Kite, who didn't hit it very long. The, uh, the, the, the main thing that Pete Dye did with this golf course is one of the guys, uh, most frequent thing the guys say is he makes him feel uncomfortable. There's, a lot, there's some angles uh, off the tees uh, it does require you to hit some, some dogleg-shaped shots left and right. But also, uh, the tee will be kind of offset from the fairway. The fairway won't be straight out in front of you, and you've got to pick an angle, and you may have to turn it. Number one is a great example. Jim Furyk was talking about this yesterday because I asked him what, what hole kind of gives you drives you nuts, and he said, well, let's start out right at one because it doesn't look like there's much of a fairway out there. You get out there. Let's say you've hit a good shot. You get out there, and you turn around, and you look back at the tee box and say, what was I worried about? There's all kinds of room out here. 15 is another great example. 10 is a great example. And uh, uh, 16 to a certain extent. 2 is another one. Uh, you got to rope it out there around the, uh, the left corner. And it just doesn't look like there's a whole lot of room, but there is. There's a lot of optical illusions going on out here. And uh, they were talking about, Yesterday, we had the two former PGA Tour commissioners in here, Dean Beeman and Tim Pynchon, and they were talking about nobody's ever replicated a Pete Dye as, a, as an architect. Closest, I think, has come to is Mark McCumber, who designed a lot of golf courses around here, and Mark has a lot of optical illusions. And like Pete, Mark uh, does a great job at short par threes, which is a, is a hallmark of, of, of Pete Dye. So, uh, but... Even then, he still does not have a, a, an equal, I guess. Nobody's really totally become a Pete Dye clone, let's say. I think it would be really, really hard to do that. I agree. You've had the chance to play this course yourself, I imagine, living right here? About a month ago was the last time I played it. I, you know what? I love watching the best players in the world play this. It's not exactly my cup of tea because I have a lot of difficulty. And, and you know what? It, it, I'm, I'm a you know, double-digit handicap. You like to get rewarded for good shots. The pro That's the thing with this course is, is you don't get rewarded 
not all the time. When you think you've hit a good one, you don't get rewarded for it. Sometimes you get really penalized for average shots. Okay, you can guys can get away with spraying at Augusta National, and you can find a way to to scramble. And uh, Bobby Scrape Jones, it once, around. yeah, Bobby Jones once said about Augusta National that uh, bogeys are easy if, frankly, sought. In other words, if you got a three shot lead on eighteen, you can make up your mind. I am just going to make bogey on here and play it safe. Out here, if you start playing it safe, that's the, the, the other thing about a Pete Dye course is you may tend to think guys are going to play it conservatively. You really can't. The minute you start playing it conservatively, it's going to, it's going to get you even more trouble. So what do you do, right? Do you be aggressive or do you play conservative? Some pins you can do either or, but you better know what you're going to do on each other. You better have a plan for that. Well, speaking of that, Obviously, uh, one of the big talked-about moments last year was John Rahm in the bunker at 11, <laughs> who seemed to lose his mind. Yeah. You know, was he being too aggressive, uh, just not patient enough, just hasn't played the course enough? Well, uh, I think that's a product of being 24, 25 years old and and being young and strong and thinking you can hit out of any situation. Uh, you know, Brandel Shambly was talking with us yesterday, and he talked about the uh, you know, if you're young, you're, you're a little bit arrogant. And he said, everybody stands on the 18th tee on this course, and they think that they can they can turn it around that corner and take that aggressive line down the left-hand side. And how many of those have we seen turn into hooks in the water? And Or in the pine straw. Exactly. You know, and uh, it's, it's uh, you know, John, and I'll bet you John won't make that mistake again. Uh, you know, that's, that's the problem with, with being young and really, really good. Now, this is why guys like uh, like a Tom Kite or a Jody Mudd, uh, John Mahaffey, back you know another guy from back in the '80s, all the way up to uh, a uh, another you know great example would be Tim Clark. Sometimes guys who aren't supremely talented are not going to try to attempt those shots in the first place because they know they really can't pull them off even under the most ideal conditions. So they, I, I kind of hate this phrase, but they stay within themselves. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And they go out there and they do what they're capable of doing, and you don't get burnt like John did last year. Right. So the other interesting fact about this golf course, which we know, is that nobody has repeated. In fact, I checked back, and I think it's only Adam Scott who has finished in the top ten mm-hmm. after winning. What's the What's the what do you think that's all about? Well, there's one other one. Mark McCumber tied for six after winning in 1988. And the next year, he tied for six. And he was in contention on Friday until he whiffed a, a short putt on 17, called it on himself. His playing partner, Harold Irwin, never saw it. But Mark called it on himself and and took the appropriate penalty in that regard. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's not that hurts. Yeah. Repeating here, though, is not necessarily the course. I don't think it's the course. I think it's the field because in addition to being the course that this is, uh, the the field from top to bottom is the strongest in professional golf. There's no two ways around it. There are no amateurs, okay? The other uh, two of the other three three of the majors, U.S. Open, Open Championship, Masters has amateurs. There are no 60-year-old players because, quite frankly, if there was a 60-year-old, then he he just would come off a, a really good year. Uh, there are no uh, club pros, and past champions are only guaranteed five years and are not guaranteed for life. Okay, so everybody in here this week, out of 144 players, there are 110 PGA Tour winners. 
in the field this week. It's impressive. You got to be 125 FedEx Cup from the year before. You got to have won since last year's players. Those are the two primary criteria. So I think the the not repeating is a simple fact of that these guys are good. That from top to bottom, there's a lot of good players out there, and it's hard to beat all of these guys two years in a row. It really is. All right. So now I got to ask you the question. Take out your crystal ball. Who do you think's going to be the winner Sunday? I think that Rory McIlroy is in the best shape of any defending champion in quite some time. A lot of times we've had guys who won this tournament and might not have been on form the following year. Let's go to, let's only go back to uh, Tiger winning in 2013. He didn't play in 2014 because he was injured. Okay, Martin Conner wins in 2014. He starts not playing very well. He's not in there. Uh, Jason Day won in 2016. He started having some injury problems. And he hasn't played particularly well since then. Siwoo Kim, same way. Now, Webb Simpson has been playing at a high level since then. And I like Webb this week. When it all comes down to it, I think that uh, Webb uh, knows his golf course very well. He's got a caddy, Paul Tesori, who's from St. Augustine. He's been around this area. He's probably walked this course as an amateur player, uh, college kid, even a tour player, practice rounds and everything, probably more than anybody out here. So although I think Rory is, is, is in great form and he's been playing well, uh, he's won three or four times since last year's players, I think that the uh, no repeating jinx is going to hold up, but I like Webb Simpson. Well, if you're making any golf bets out there, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the inside scoop from one of the best in the business who knows this tournament better than anybody, Gary Smith's Florida Times Union. Thank you so much, my friend. No problem. Thanks for having me.